My name is John O'Sullivan. I'm the president of the Danube Institute in Budapest, and I'd like to welcome you to our Buddha Hills podcast. Eric Hendricks and I are recording this conversation in a historic villa that overlooks the Danube from one of the Buddha Hills. Our guest today is Zoltan Balash, who is professor and head of the Doctoral School of International Relations and Political Science at Corvinus University of Budapest. Professor Balash has conducted research at numerous universities, and he is the recipient of many honors. I will just mention today that in 2008, he received the Oral Kolnai Prize from the Hungarian Political Science Association. I mention this because it helps to introduce our topic today, which is broadly speaking utopia or the, the influence of utopian thought on the West. Um, and the last work written by Oral Kolnai, who was a Hungarian a Jewish philosopher who studied with Edmund Husserl and many other important philosophers in the 1920s and actually converted to Catholicism as well in the 1920s. Well, Kolnai's very last work is titled The Utopian Mind. And uh, it begins with what Kolnai calls a critique of utopia. So it's, it's such a pleasure to welcome Professor Balash to our studio to discuss um, utopia in, in the United States and France. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for the invitation. It's very, very kind and very, very a privilege to, to be here. Well, I think we can begin um, by uh, my asking just a very, very broad question um, from Oral Kolnai. Mm -hmm. um, so he, he started to write his critique of utopia in 1956. Of course, this, this is an incredibly meaningful year for Hungary and for Hungarians. And he just begins by saying that, quote, the unrealistic character of utopias in no way determines their reality as a mental and historical fact. And he goes on to say that quote, utopia is real enough. So if I'm not mistaken, this is where you have begun uh, your discussion of utopia as well in a recent article, which we're going to be discussing today. And um, ha have I read you right? Yeah, I, I think I think so. Yeah, the paper is going to appear in a, in a, in a, in a volume, might be... Perhaps this year, perhaps next year. I don't. I don't really know. It was a, there was a conference at CU, uh, the Central European University last year, and the conference proceedings will be edited and give and and published, as I said, um, in a, in, a, in in the upcoming months. And um, I yeah, I just participated in a conference and made a presentation, and and then it's maybe it's interject the title: Ukronia as the foundation of utopia. Yeah, that's that, that's the title. Yeah. And this is even more exciting. I mean, we are we are ahead of the curve. We are bringing the news to our listeners before the uh, exactly the, the news exactly. exists. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, Kola is actually an, an interesting interesting person. Definitely. I mean, as you said, it was his last uh, and posthumously published um, essay, more than a paper, less than a book. But uh, he was uh, his purpose was to finish it, but he couldn't. And perhaps it's some kind of a an irony in there because he couldn't finish the, the, the critic of utopia, uh, which is ironic in the sense that uh, um, he also wants to say that utopia is ultimately unthinkable. So it is a very interesting criticism that he makes. He doesn't simply say that it's unrealistic. His, he, what he says is, is, is unthinkable. And is to say it's incoherent at its, at its, its essence. That's what he, that's what he uh, uh, wants actually and in the end to uh, in, intends to say. It is unthinkable because if you begin to think about the utopian state, a condition in which everything is perfect, then it's not just inhumane, uh, but it's also impossible really to, to, uh, to imagine 
Uh, and his ultimate, if I may just cut it very short, his ultimate point is that um, uh, if there is nothing to improve in the human world, uh, then uh, we simply cease to exist as human beings. And it's impossible to think uh, of our condition without change, without wanting to, to, to make things better. But by definition, in utopia, everything is perfect. And that's, that's, his, that's his ultimate argument or, 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 or point, as far as I understand him. Well, ultimate in the sense that, as, 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 as I said, he didn't finish the, uh, the, uh, the essay, but that's what he was uh, absolutely um, um, aiming at and, and uh, going to. But if I'm not mistaken, the tragedy of uh, the utopian legacy uh, for Kolnai is that, in a sense, um, precisely in a realized utopia, everything is getting worse, <laughs> rather than everything being perfect. Um, and he, if I'm not mistaken, Berdyaev, the uh, the emigre Russian philosopher, who's quoted by yes. Kolnai, kind of makes a similar point. He says that, um, I have a quote here somewhere. But may I? May I just to, to frame the conversation? So this is this is Nicholas Berdyaev, um, quoted by Kolnai. He says, "Utopias are realizable. Life moves towards utopia, and perhaps a new era is beginning—an era in which thoughtful and cultivated people will dream of ways of escaping from utopia and returning to a society which is non-utopian, less perfect, and more free." So there, I suppose, he's setting up some sort of um, opposition between perfection and freedom, which in a certain way you were, mm -hmm. you were just pointing mm -hmm. out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I didn't read, uh, or I haven't read this the Colin's uh, piece for, uh, before this, this, this uh, conversation, but the, uh, I think Colin would, would respond that um, um, once we begin to really to realize utopia, to, to make it, work, then it will, will end up in a sort of a dystopian world sooner or later. Uh, because, as I said, utopia is unattainable because it's unthinkable. In a utopian world, we are all automatons. We are all, uh, we cannot think of ourselves except as perfect beings. But if we, I mean, and his, 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 his pivotal political negative experience was communism. Right, He's, he says communism is utopia. Perf I mean, uh, the the closest we can get to to, to utopia in the earlier world is, is communism, and and it's it's, it's attainable in the sense that uh, we can uh, live in, in in a sort of a communist uh, world and think of ourselves as perfect beings. Because I still I I myself remember from my from my uh, youth that uh, um, we were all taught, and 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 we were all. Uh, um, um, made to believe that we are we, we are living in the in the best possible uh, world, right? So, you, so you two used to be a perfect being. I used to be a perfect being. Yeah, I used to. Uh, I was I was supposed to think that we are in, in, because the the idea was very simple. Uh, I just remember when I was a soldier and we were we had kind of a political education and, uh, and you were a soldier in the. When, when, was, when was this? In the people's in the, army, uh, in, the, in, the, uh, in the old, in the eighties, uh, yeah, in the eighties, uh -huh. exactly. Yeah, and we had this kind of obligatory political education. I still remember the, um, the one of the officers saying, telling me that, telling us that, uh, well, those in the in the West might uh, might have a better life, but in reality, they are worse off than us mm -hmm. because they are exploited and they don't know. That they are exploited. I mean, this this kind of a recurrent theme, even in in, in the West, that people just got kind of consume consumer ideas, whatever. Uh, they they don't know how 
how bad they are, how bad their lives uh, are. So that's that was that was the point. Uh, and in that sense, we were made to believe that we are in a perfect. Well, it's not a, not yet a perfect world, but in intrinsically better, right, than the uh, the uh, the other. Uh, the, the Western world, and I think that that's what Conley uh, uh, perhaps really wants to say that uh, that uh, uh, in that sense utopia is attainable. This is to say it is possible to create a communist world, okay? Um, uh, but uh, uh, it simply doesn't square with the human uh, conditions. So sooner or later, uh, communism will turn out to be an, um, um, a system or a regime in with that that morally and economically and all in all sorts of ways uh, begins to deteriorate to uh, to, uh, to to get deconstructed somehow, right? Um, therefore, uh, you, and it's it's it, it proves that utopia, even if it is practically, uh, uh, we can come closer to it because it's theoretical, intrinsical, in, intrinsic. Unattainability, it really uh, 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 puts an end to itself. So, political utopianism is, in in a modern context, very strongly associated with movements such as fascism and communism. Yes, and um, and this is how also how we started this conversation. And if you if I think about political utopia. Uh, of course, uh, you know the first thing that comes up uh, comes to mind is Stalinism, North Korea, Mao Zedong. H- however, you make a very interesting move, provocative move in your essay, where you say um, we in the West, our dominant political theology, as you call it, our you know dominant way of looking at the world, our way of uh, framing time, our way of seeing ourselves and our, our place in history, has a utopian uh, a dimension, and um, and that's that's a thought-provoking move, of course, because we like to think that you know after 1989, uh, with the uh, uh, with communism taking uh, giving giving up substantial territory in the in the ideological the, uh, landscape, uh, with the supposed end of history coming in. Now, of course, we know it's a bit of a cliche to argue that uh, history has not ended; history is still ongoing. But you make a, you make a very different point. You make the point that from the very start, our modern Political ideology from our Enlightenment thought, and you you turn towards the um, uh, the, uh, the founding documents of the uh, um, uh, American uh, Constitution, the preamble of the American Constitution, and the uh, uh, Rights of Man Declaration in uh, in France for the French Revolution, to say that we have the utopianism in our political thought. Yeah, it's a very long. Uh Question: If it is a question at all, no, it's yeah. a, it's a, yeah, it's sure. A, I mean, let, <laughs> let, 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 I to say uh, that very powerful, very provocative, and very, um, yeah, um, varying comparison between fascism or Nazism, uh, communism, and liberal democracy, as uh, saying that each of, of 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 these regimes have totalitarian tendencies. He does say that the the, the least totalitarian is liberal democracy of course and the more and the accomplished totalitarian regime is communism and fa- and, and nazism is between the two or fascism between between the two but he makes kind of a 
three comparisons. He compares each with the other, uh, which we with one another. Okay, and he says that liberal democracy has a totalitarian uh, uh, has totalitarian tendencies. Um, um, for, for for various reasons, I don't want to uh, to talk about that essay, but uh, uh, the, the the basic idea is the the pervasive 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 um, 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 culture uh, that uh, seems to influence uh, our uh, our everyday life in 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 various ways. Uh, uh, it has a it has an um, an um, indissoluble ineliminable utopian tendency. That's what he exactly, what he really says. It's a kind of, the belief in progress uh, is so much um, ingrained in or rooted in, uh, in, in our way of living in a liberal democracy that it really shapes our thinking in a way that we, that we, uh, that we don't really reflect on, on, on it. So, so a belief in progress, a belief in in uh, uh, in in our um, in our perfect perfection, right? Are you familiar with the book "Demon in Democracy" by the Polish thinker Legutko? Because he recently published this book and made a very similar I know him, argument. but I, I don't know the book. Mm, yeah, yeah, he may he may, he may have been yes. uh, referring to Koina. Yeah, my may be may may or may not be. Yeah, but I don't think it's an it's an absolutely novel idea. Uh, for two reasons. One is that uh, utopian thinking has ever been with us. So I, I'm not. I, we, don't, we shouldn't think that utopia is just utopian thinking is just a, a modern invention, right? Uh, uh, my my point is also that the uh, that Christianity and you know, Jewish uh, uh, thinking is has always been uh, marked by um, 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 or concerned with the history, how history, uh, where history leads us, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, that's a commonplace to say, I think that that uh, is commonplace. That but is you, commonplace. you do, but you do something else that's very interesting in yeah. this essay because you argue that the utopianism is not the millennialist utopianism of this better future, but it's the it's the utopianism of the present. But um, yeah. The 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 point is that um, at least uh, as I, as far as I'm, I I can see, it was the French Revolution, the American Revolution, which, in a way, made this kind of a turn or change or uh, or, or made this. Made this uh, has 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 brought about the, uh, uh, the the conviction that we have entered the final phase of history, uh, and 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 uh, from 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 where there is no 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 way out. Right? We are already we are already in 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 a, in, in a not necessarily an accomplished utopia, but we have left behind history in the uh, in the old sense of. Of the world, right? That's that's what I that's what I wanted to suggest. And just think of two things. The one is that uh, we constantly hear and maybe even repeat that the, the, the world has accelerated so so uh, so so substantial, right? We are you know, living in a, in in a, in, a, in a constantly accelerating world. Changes are just abundant. Everything changes. But if you just reflect on that, I mean, this this kind of a, a, a talk. Has been with us for, for so many so so much time, right? I don't think that the world is so so quickly changing. But there are certain I mean, assumptions that seem kind of, not to seem not to change. Told, we are being set. But but I want I want to explore because I mean obviously the first to say at least in the in the Christian canon there's a lot of intertestamental literature on the apocalypse and yes. But in the in the Christian canon the first to talk about 
to say, we are those upon whom the end of the ages have come. The end of the ages are here and now. This is St. Paul. And so I'm curious because you talk in your article, uh, I mean, you have a number of things which are, are, are really fascinating and we're going to get to them. But one thing you say is that the secret of utopia is that it is first and foremost a transformation of time. This is your yes. one of your claims. But I'm curious, though, you also argue that in the modern era, we see some sort of transposition from... Uh, uh, the, the the end of the ages being sort of localized in the church. It is it is in the that's church right. that the end of the ages has yeah, come. That's right. And you say that there's this transposition in the modern age. It's now in the state yeah, that's where right. the end of ages has come. So is this part of what's happening in the revolutionary period? That Definitely. actually the yeah, exactly. It's no longer the church that participates in the yeah. apocalypse. Yeah, it's very accurate. Right. It's that's that's the, the point. State. Yeah, that's the point exactly. Yeah, uh, it's not necessarily the state. Uh, it's the it's really the people. I would I would prefer the, the term people, but it's it's not that important. Uh, a, a popular sovereignty, the uh, the uh, uh, the replacement of God with uh, the people, or with a kind of a political sovereign. Uh, that's I think the most uh, universal, most general, uh, most general term, which can be then later uh, later um, uh, trans. Translated into a na nation, the people, the state, whatever you you, uh, you prefer. So there is a kind of a, a, a secular sovereign. I mean, ultimately, in the French and American Revolution, it was the secular uh, sovereign that that uh, in a way overcame uh, overcame this kind of um, um, overcame the uh, the former or the previous um, um, two-headed. Uh, understanding of time, which is to say that we have we are living in history at the same time. We are also, or, or uh, we are all, or, uh, living in the church in the in the in, in the time, which is uh, a peculiar one. Not no, not yet in between God's eternity, but in a in a in a in, a, in an interesting uh, uh, post-resurrection, but but before the end of times kind of a time, right? That's 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 the kind of a parallel. Time that that runs parallel to history, but it, it, it be are not yet in, in in eternity. So that that was the uh, uh, the uh, the previous understanding of of how um, how we are living, church and history, church and state, or church and and in the secular uh, authority, secular uh, secular uh, sovereignty. But in the two revolutions, this uh, the two different times have been united, and that's why what what gives the utopian flavor to our uh, uh, current condition. Only since you mentioned eternity, I don't want to get ahead of us, but since you mentioned eternity and, and the significance of eternity in the older kind of Christian conception of sacred time, you, I, I was really intrigued how you represent the, the process of election as a kind of proof that eternity, you know, kind of follows the present of the people, and that, that there's this, you, you call it an ever-running political liturgy. Um, yeah, right. and, and do you see th this as a kind of uh, reflection of the eternal? In, in yeah, the yeah, that's right. And that was the second one, uh, point that I wanted to make. And it's my, just an example. It might not be absolutely right, but I just, it's, it, it struck me uh, how interesting it is, I mean, to, to, to see that, we are accustomed to uh, going to the uh, to the polls and to the uh, to the um, and vote for uh, uh, for the, the next government and then the next government and the next government and we are so excited about who win, who wins the, uh, the elections and then comes the next elections and then and then so on and so forth, uh, much like in the in, in the football for instance, people are just 
just as going to the to the to, to Although the these days people are less and less excited, at least in certain in certain liberal democracies. Nonetheless, it's, it has a, it does have a liturgical um, um, element or aspect as well. And uh, much as in at least in Catholic liturgy or an Orthodox liturgy, uh, participating in in the event going to the mass, for instance, is also a uh, we get we get into touch with uh, with eternity, right? Christ or or Jesus or Christ becomes becomes um, a, 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 there's a real presence as we know, or as, as it comes among us at very least. Comes among yeah, and, yeah, and yeah, we yeah. can touch, we can we can uh, him, and we can we can we can literally eat him. So um, and and it's the political liturgy of elections. I. Just suggest the analogy that the uh, once you go to the uh, to, to 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 cast your vote, at the same time you have you also touch upon the body of the people, right? So uh, we are, we get we are, we are participating in in a mysterious way of the of the of the of the of the whole of the of the body of the people, right? So it comes the body of people comes in a way palpable. Yeah, you touchable. you gift the flesh, or you you had a beautiful you yeah. had a beautiful phrase there. So this is. Um, this is a very old kind of eternity, right? So the, the eternity of, let's say, future American elections. Uh, every four years, we're going to have American elections. And officially, according to the, the liturgy, the, the self-understanding of American democracy, this is supposed to go on until the end of time. But at the same time, this is how I understood your, uh, your comment about uh, acceleration, about this talk of acceleration. Well, where's this acceleration if... If, if you have such enormously static things, such as the American elections repeating themselves every four years, well, there was a little bit of a, a little bit of a, of a, of a bump in the road with the last, with the last election. But, but let's say that that's, this is a, this is a type of, uh, yeah, it's a recurrent phenomenon that symbolizes eternity in, in, in a way. So exactly. And not just for, not just every fourth year. I mean, elections are, are going a lot running, uh, Almost continuously, at least in America and in Europe, in Hungary, we have elections only, really, literally only uh, each fourth year or five, uh, five years, depending on local elections. Mm -hmm. But in America, elections are going on and on and on every day, which is just fine. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I have no objections to that. I'm just saying that it really gives you a um, um, gives a, makes a special um, um, understanding of of how time yeah. passes to you uh, to you. So we're so we're sort of frozen in 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 a structure. And then at the same time, we're hearing that we're accelerating and everything is everything is changing. And then Perhaps the talk about acceleration is just covers up yeah. the constants. Yeah. But so, for instance, with democracy as well, like you often hear that uh, democracy is the, is the best model because it's most open to change. Because you could insert anything and enact fundamental change. But then as soon as someone would actually try to enact fundamental change, a lot of defenders of democracy would suddenly turn around and say, ho, ho. You're uh, uh, subverting the constitution, or you are turning this into an authoritarian yeah. regime. So, so on the what? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the whole, the whole what you just said, what you just 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 said it really uh, is interesting because, in the end, we find democracy as a very very conservative regime, right? Contrary to the expectations of of of, of yeah. so many liberals. I mean, democracy. But the Chinese, the Chinese, they change really radical things all the time. They they are just like oh let's have the strictest COVID measures. You are an expert on China. Well no, no but you, well you don't have to you don't have to know much about China. I I don't know. I'm definitely not an expert on China, but I'm just I'm just interested in China. China is too big. China China is too big too to big be, too. but uh, uh, way too big. But 
but you, you don't have to know much about China to see that the Communist Party of China can make really radical changes overnight, right? So they, they have the most stringent COVID measures of all uh, of the entire world yes. uh, because COVID is extremely dangerous and then, and then it becomes politically inconvenient at some time and then they drop it there like, oh, no, it's, it's actually fine. To be fair, I mean, liberal democracies have made really fundamental changes in my lifetime. But I think that the, I mean, when, when you think of the, the, the term liturgy, one, I would say a couple of things. One, a lot of the most fundamental changes which have been made in the liberal democracies are not actually democratically ratified or introduced. They're often introduced by courts, which is a, a kind of interesting question in and of itself. But nevertheless, the kind of the respect that the, the people has for the court kind of ex post facto yeah. legitimizes the decision. And then basically the fact that the people passively ratify what the court has told them is going to be the fundamental change, this confirms the earlier point you were making, which is that basically democracies can change. So even though these fundamental changes are not democratically introduced, the, 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 the sort of, I would say, passive uh, passive legitimation of these changes is um, is retroactively made to be proof that democracy is so open and, and and quite not conservative. In fact, quite progressive. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. I mean, by conservatism, I, I just wanted to suggest that uh, that uh, uh, changes are perhaps are less real than my than 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 you might think at first reflection even if when and and in and on that point i'm not in complete agreement with you so um you, you might be right that courts have become the vehicle of of so much change but i don't think that courts have initiated those changes right um uh, they most courts don't have a kind of a, a, a vested interest in just provoking changes i mean um, I, 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 I think I, american courts too yeah Some I, think, court. um, I mean we should i do i think there is a difference here between central europe and and america it's america is a bit of an outlier in this regard yes but the uh, the courts have a they have to make a reference to something right they just cannot invent uh, the law in the in the in, in the sense that they cannot. Just... No, but this is also, I mean, America being a common law. I mean, they yeah, are that's right. they, they mean... are able they are able to yes. appeal to very very loosely construed precedents, and they're able to appeal yes. to basically the spirit of the law, yeah. the spirit of the Constitution. Mm -hmm. And so, some of the uh, kind of the constitutive phrases yeah. you're analyzing in this article mm -hmm. can be reinterpreted with immense latitude and creativity right. to to. Just I just want to, they don't want to, to suggest that there are just a few judges who can just simply uh, alter and, and change everything. I mean, that would be an exaggeration to say. I mean, we, we should have, we should well, have to just understand what makes them, was, what makes I, them I, I, interested I, I, in... I was in, just in, reading in, this morning Hegel's yeah. introduction to uh, the lectures on world history, and mm -hmm. Hegel says, okay, so he's, he's interested in world history, and he says, look, marriage can take a huge number of different forms. You have polygamy, polyandry, which he actually differentiates from polygamy. I find that pretty impressive in 1830 that Hegel was, was up on uh, uh, polyandry versus polygamy and monogamy. And he says, look, in Europe, we have a very simple form, and that is that monogamy is the only legitimate form of marriage. And Hegel says, so this is 1830, Hegel says, and by the way, in Europe, monogamy is necessarily between a man and a woman. This goes back to Roman law. This is like fundamental yeah. to the entire structure. Of course, uh, Hegel calls the family the, uh, the the kind of natural form of the ethical life. So for Hegel, mm -hmm. in Europe mm -hmm. and in the West, without this particular constellation, 
one and one, and he has his own kind of reasons why monogamy is necessary, and then man and woman, you do not have what Hegel would consider to be a natural form of ethical life. And I mean, this is this has changed in the last twenty five years, right? Um, and I think that I think that is legitimately a very, very fundamental change, which has been brought about, at least in the United States, by by courts, not by uh, more than by uh, by kind of traditional democratic means. Yeah, that's that's it, part of the story. But just remember that, for instance, divorce, divorce, right? Uh, which was uh, which is quite a um, in in Protestant countries it was more uh, common, but in Catholic countries not. I, I don't think it was it was introduced by by courts. It was introduced by 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 political. I mean, it was in a, in a way reflection on 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 a reality, right? So I I'm just don't think that some some, some the courts could be made responsible for for all the for these fundamental changes. There there must have been and are still there. There are there is a a legitimate. Uh, and an undeniable um, um, demand for 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 certain forms of uh, of, of for, for certain changes, right? Um, shall we, shall we go can, a little bit more fundamental? Make... Because I, I we have so we have the policy level. That's what we're arguing about now. Fundamental policies. But your your argument about the the eternal aspect, so to speak, the eternal present in democracy, is a much more philosophical and fundamental argument. Maybe we can turn uh, to to what is this? What is this? E what is this uh, this notion of the eternal state and uh, the eternal present in in the democratic imagination? All right. Um, as we know, we, we practically we know very little about God's eternity, right? Uh, that we all agree on. <laughs> yes, um, and it's really a, a tricky thing because uh, um, um, because. Um, um once we are uh once we are saved that then a new time begins for us but still not the end as i said it's not the end of of uh, of time as a as a as a series of sort of of, of events of 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 sort of kind of a transcendental history uh in god's eternity uh even if there is some 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 change uh it must be fundamentally different from the changes we experience in time mm -hmm. And uh, and it's difficult to translate. It's, it's always been difficult to, to, to translate into uh, into into the human uh, human uh, um, human mind, right? So we cannot simply imagine how it is to be uh, beyond time. And I think that even in God's eternity, once we are in, I mean, believers. I'm talking about believers. They they uh, when when they try to imagine how it is how life is in heaven, they uh, they uh, they also must think that uh, it. They, we will never ever participate in the in the sen, in in the in, in in God's timeless eternity, right? We we cannot simply imagine a, a, a non-time, right? Uh, well, I can, but maybe you guys can. No, no. I mean, I just just it's impossible to imagine how it was how how, how it is to, to to live in 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 a time which is which is no time at all. So there is kind of a, there 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 will be kind of a kind of a passing or 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 changing or some kind of uh, um, uh, gaining knowledge constantly uh, 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 gaining wisdom uh, um, um, and 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 deepening our understanding or comprehending uh, uh, God's uh, 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 nature and his his uh, his his um, uh, will his uh, his getting immersed into his into his wisdom that's, that 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 implies that entails some kind of a change right so that's that's sort of an eternity uh, which 
which uh, which I think is 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 difficult to translate into into our own secular 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 um, um, condition. But you you can you can also you can, you can try to uh, to to make such a such a um, and it has um, been tried. Um, Good. And and your argument that it you show that it has been tried and that's an understatement. I mean, it's you argue that it's fundamental to the modern uh, modern notion of democracy is this sense of utopian present. The fact this the sense that we have arrived at uh, the way I understood it, mm -hmm. we 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 we're sort of baptized and we are now in the best possible condition morally and politically. We still have to fight sinfulness. We still have to fight authoritarianism. We still have to fight. Lapse yeah. back into history, yes. but we were the best possible yes, that's, condition. That's, that's, but still, something we have to struggle, right? That's not it's eternity. Not. It's not yet eternity. It's not eternity. It's not eternity. It's the parallel time that's during that's running. Okay, and much as less a, as a as a uh, Christian believer who has been baptized, but is told that he or she must struggle with his or her sinfulness. Okay, a baptism as an as a uh, has. Brought me into a new new sort of time, mm -hmm. but that time is still running. It's, right. it's, or, it's also running. We have to we have to prove that we have we are, we are saved. Okay, uh, that's 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 different from eternity, which is which is the next stage, so to speak. Okay, once we are uh, once we get into eternity, uh, we are told that we are no longer in a way you don't we, we won't have any 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 temptations. But we the, won't uh, have to suffer temptations. Yeah. But the, but the, and, and, yeah. and and just but think the, of that. It's so good. We are we are really desiring not to be tempted any longer, right? I mean that. But you you write that the state, this you know individual individual human beings uh, as in a, in a mortal life will not uh, uh, will not will not be in touch, cannot understand God's eternity. But you 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 introduce the notion that the modern state mm -hmm. should be this uh, perpetuum mobile. It should be a a, a, a recurring, a, a continuously running machine until the end of time. So it, it's a, it's it's you call it the eternal state. It's, it is. It is. I think a very serious uh, possibility of, as I said, Trump trying to translate uh, God's eternity into this kind of a, a, a secular eternity. I'm not absolutely sure whether it is. It, is, it can be ever successful. Okay. But there is, a, a, and I take it from Foucault as well, who, who, who wrote about the government becoming this kind of a perpetuum mobile, that is kind of an ever-moving, ever-running machinery or machine. We can also think of Kafka and other, other writers who already had a kind of a, um, um, a perception of, some, of, of, of something uh, uh, godlike, uh, uh, in a way, absorbing us into, into its own machinery uh, from which there is no escape. Uh, uh, so, um, is this in the in the penal colony or what? What a Kafka penal colony is a good 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 example as well. But but you can also think of the no. Castle. I'm thinking of the Kafka. Oh oh, got gotcha. you. The Kafka, but the, the penal yeah. colony is also a good 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 example, right? When you literally become one with the with the machine. Yeah, that's that's it's a very very uh, good metaphor. So um, I'm not sure that, that I'm not sure that it, it, it is ever attainable for the state to be such, but there are serious efforts, and not just the state, but also the, uh, the nation is also another, another one. The people and the nation can be all, all, all good candidates for, 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 for into which you can be absorbed and in a way live, live, live forever. But one of the themes that you make, which you were just referring to, is that precisely, in a sense, precisely because what has been constituted in the church the possibility of salvation, or in the the modern revolutionary state, the liberal state, it can be described different ways. Um, uh, you know, I, I don't know how you would call it, but well, democracy. Let's say democracy, yeah. precisely because what has been constituted is so good, it must also always be fought 
for. So you, you, you talk about, which I find really interesting, you say on, uh, well, uh, towards the end of the essay, you say, tellingly, both contemporary leftists and rightist extremists tell us they are fighting for democracy. And so you see this as kind of proof or, or how would you how would you see what what what, what does this phenomenon um, indicate to you? It's the ap apocalyptic um, element of of of, demo of democracy, right? Um, it's all, it has been with us from the French Revo French Revolution when there was a, a distinction made between forces of progress and the forces of reaction. One of the most awful and most uh, uh, devastating uh, uh, inventions in, in in European and Western political thought, right? That just people are just just it's, it's a real mind blogging that that you think that in the in the uh, absolutism and in the century of absolutism prior to the French Revolution, there were a couple of couple of execution execution. Uh, executions uh, people had in prison for various reasons for some time but just think of of uh, of the of the of, of the of the of the two years time between uh, um, 1790 and 92 when hundreds if not thousands of people were just sent to the guillotine without any 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 any, any trial for just being reactionaries i mean uh, that's apocalyptic that's apocalyptic uh, that's an apocalyptic um, understanding of time and that has been with us and that's that's a very very something that has been with us. And uh, as I said, uh, on the right and on the left, some people tend to uh, to think in terms of the apocalypse. And of course, these people were sent to the guillotine in order to defend the people, right? Yes. Yeah. And so the the notion is with the with the French Revolution and with the American Revolution. Uh, the, the people this so especially with the uh, in the American uh, in the American uh, the preamble to the American Constitution where they say uh, which is where the author is the people uh, and the text so of course it was written by actual people but it's written in the name of the people and the the people self constitutes itself uh, yes because it was not written by the people I mean the Independence Declaration is different from the uh, from the um, uh, from the Constitution. And its adoption, uh, because in the independence constitution we find we the people, right? Yeah. And but when the uh, the constitution of the United States was proposed by the Philadelphia Convention, right? They were uh, they 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 used a very interesting technique of uh, of uh, uh, adding a clause to the to the text, uh, referring to themselves as witnesses. Oh, yeah, witnesses. Sorry, yeah, witnesses. Witnesses, yeah, witnesses. of of something of the birth which, of the people. Yeah. Of the birth of the people. Yeah. Right? So because they they they, were, they had no right to uh, to do to, to draft this this constitution and some people even de departed before uh, before the uh, the final uh, the document was finalized and 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 and, and signed. Uh, they decided that they uh, they would just uh, understand it as witnesses. But witnesses of what? And that's the interesting point. In that sense the, the American Revolution was even more more, more, more um, revolutionary in the yeah, sense more that radical in its more radical, conceptual. Yeah, because move. it was really a, a miraculous birth of a new people. The French had kind of a, the French uh, National Assembly, the uh, Constitutional Assembly, in a way, uh, was still part of the of, of the great French history of of, of they had a state. They uh, they didn't invent a new state. Yeah. They didn't invent France, right? They didn't, they didn't declare the French nation to suddenly appear out of nothing. And the American case was was even more fundamentally revolutionary in yeah. that sense. Yeah, yeah. But but to tie it back to the discussion we were just having about this 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 imaginary modern political imaginary of the revolution and the good people, 
or the uh, versus the forces of reaction. Um, because both the despite the differences between the French Revolution and the American Revolution, we end up with this basic uh, dichotomy of the people versus the for forces of reaction. Or is that taking it a little bit? That's that's perhaps cutting it a bit short on the American side. It's it's too short. I mean, the, the apocalyptic turn comes in the French Revolution. Yeah, it comes with right. the French. Okay, and uh, if you if you read Robespierre, for instance, uh, his distinction is between the I mean uh, the virtues and the vicious, right? So it's not him who 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 uses the uh, this this kind of dichotomy between uh, uh, reactionaries and 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 the uh, and the prog uh, progressivists. His perhaps even more religious interesting distinction the dichotomies between as i said the virtues and the and 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 the wishes mm -hmm. because he as we know identifies the virtues with uh, uh with the uh, with the uh, uh with the forces of of of, of progress and uh, and but uh, but if you, if you try to reach his last speech in the convent it's really interesting that he's really bent on this distinction between he be representing the um, and those who are willing to sacrifice themselves, uh, and in that sense, they are the virtuous against those who are corrupt, who are the the the, the, the traitors of 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 the people. So the bad, the the traitors of the people and the enemies of the people. There, there was some differences there between Robespierre and the American founders, but the but the but the good side, the people, that's that's a similar entity, somewhat similar. Because there's the difference that in the French Revolution it was not invented, and in the American Revolution the American people. But I mean, the, wit the witnesses, the witnesses of the United States Constitution contained among them those who were more sort of Enlightenment progressive and more Christian. Uh, to, to use the you know the execrable but unavoidable kind of contrast you've already talked about, but more kind of Christian reactionary um, or classical reactionary, neoclassical reactionary figures. And similarly, so for instance, this is not as well known as it should be, even though the U.S. Constitution prohibits the establishment of religion by the federal government, there were actually established churches in the new states of the United States, um, which were not in any way affected by the ratification of the Constitution until later courts came along. Yes. <laughs> Getting back to an earlier point. <laughs> I, 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 can, I can see your target at the courts. But, uh, but, but, and, and there were not, to my awareness, mm -hmm. there were not um, significant, let's say, I'm not a, a revolutionary historian, but there were not significant mass executions I'm no. certainly not of kind of on the basis of political uh, uh, orientations in the American scene. So it is more of a compromised document, it seems to definitely, me. Definitely, definitely, yes. Than, than the French. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, the, um, the apocalyptic thinking is, I, I relate to the French and the uh, the miraculous birth kind of thing, I, I attribute to the, to the, to the, to the American but revolution. You do tie, but you do tie them together in the essay at some point because they, they, they end up flowing into this dominant political theology of the present. That, that's right, exactly. How does this work? I mean, it works like... Well, you don't have to go through the history, but what is, what is, the, what is your concept here? Or maybe I, I mean, the, the American invention of the people, uh, as I said, um, brings to... Uh, brings political, I mean, baptizes political sovereignty or makes, mm -hmm. makes political sovereign and replaces God with the political sovereign as the ultimate authority, right? Mm -hmm. uh, the French uh, accept this kind of a popular sovereignty uh, imported from America, but they add to that this kind of parallel time 
of uh, the history is still. I mean, we are living in a, in a, in, a, in an apocalyptic times, right? And history is and former history is already ended, and we are living under under uh, uh, under the uh, preview of, of 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 the ultimate fight between evil and and good. That's not something which the American Americans had in in mind. Even even if today we see. Uh, in the 20th century, I mean, uh, this kind of French apocalyptic thinking sure, sure, sure. Uh, uh, becoming the dominant discourse no, I, in, I, in I America. Think actually, I think actually the, the contemporary United States could benefit greatly by looking at early American diplomacy because it seems to me that when one looks at kind of the, the early French, the Bonapartist post-revolutionary French yeah. uh, energy was very expansionistic, very ideologically uh, driven um, and it seems to me that there was a kind of old-world, cool-headed diplomatic approach right. taken by the, the, the first American yeah. governments and a perfect willingness to sort of negotiate yeah. with monarchies and revolutionary democracies and so but, on and but so let's, forth. But they, let's get they were the, British uh, enough to... <laughs> but let's get the, the, the sense of utopia clear here. So the sense of utopia is not, hey, the, the, after, after the French Revolution, after the American Revolution, in the present, the, the, this dominant political theology, this dominant sense of utopia is not, we are now in a perfect uh, situation, uh, uh, we don't have to fight the fight anymore. The, 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 the notion is we're in the best condition to fight the fight. Um, <laughs> but we still have to fight history. Yeah, I mean, we, we don't, we don't, we don't have to uh, imagine our, our condition as as a kind of. I mean, there there there, there might be contradictory uh, or not necessarily coherent ideas of how we are we are uh, of what condition we are in. So uh, one 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 possibility is just to 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 enjoy democracy, right? Yeah. We are in the perfect world. We don't have to do anything but just to enjoy the uh, the recurrent elections, the coming and uh, governments coming and going, and just and, and just leave polit politics to the politicians. That's their business, and that's uh, the that, story. That, that okay. was the 1990s, I think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's that's yeah. the point. That's the, that's and the, then the yeah. apocalyptic uh, dimension has taken over uh, to a large extent to uh, the uh, the public discourse, and then the the other dimension, the other uh, aspect of 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 utopia has set in, which is to say, the utopia is not necessarily the, the the Sabbath of 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 God, the uh, God's rest. Instead, it's Christ's rule and Christ who must yeah. fight until all powers will be subdued and subjugated to uh, to God. And just for the uh, for the listeners, so there are who, two, uh, that two, two two types of utopian who, thinking who perhaps, at work. Who perhaps haven't uh, who haven't perhaps read the the essay. Uh, or most the listeners haven't read the essay. Since, since yeah. it has not yet been published. <laughs> uh, what we're thinking of here is, for instance, authoritarianism, right? So the, the contemporary discourse will say, we need to defend democracy against the encroaching forces of authoritarianism or against populism in certain, in certain po political discourses coming from the left or against uh, uh, institutional decay. And all these, there are all these, these, these threats on the, and, and we have to defend the kingdom of yeah. Christ. Yeah, that's the apocalyptic mind. Okay, if Tukole talked about utopian mind, I just take inspiration from 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 this title and then talk about the apocalyptic mind, which can be characteristic of both uh, rightist and leftist thinkers. Uh, again, it has a long, long tradition. There's even a, 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 a an encyclopedia. No, uh, it's a handbook or encyclopedia of, of apocalyptic thinking, or or in the, in the market anybody can can check it. So it's always been with but us. The, the utopia is now a little bit disappointing in the sense that you you think of. Utopia is this cloud cuckoo land. There's, uh, there's like we have to, the, the it's 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 paradise. All these we have all these like lovely animals. We have the lion and the sheep, and they're just 
lying there cuddling. It's, it's all nice. Everyone is being cuddly with each other. And instead of that, we have uh, democracy. We've discovered ourselves as, as the people. Uh, uh, we have, we have via the French Revolution, we're, t we're battling history. And we know that we should have equality and liberty. So yeah, we know what we should fight for, but the fight is, is, is ongoing. And we now have to battle authoritarianism from the outside and, and from the inside. So, it's a, it's, so now we have to battle our sins forever. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and it's not, it's not the thing I was necessarily hoping for. Like, it's a little bit of a bleak utopia. It's like utopia has never looked this bad. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I just one, one one more thing to add. Uh, we have been uh, saying some some not necessarily nice things about Americans and French, but you, you, oh. we, the Germans are also on the table. So just don't think that that we are. I mean, you you mentioned Hegel, and I, in in this essay, I, I refer to Fichte, who has. Uh, but we can also uh, relate back to uh, go back to even to to Kant, because they were really making historical uh, uh, history philosophy out of this out of this out of this. Uh, we we would need an entire episode to say bad yeah, things about definitely. the Germans. I think we, we, we can save that for So the Germans are not innocent at all. No, 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 not at all. Um, so, and there is, I mean, following on from Eric's comment, there is a, a term actually making the rounds in the United States. I don't know if it's really showed up in Europe. A militant democracy is a sort of uh, a talking point um, on, I, I guess, the center left or left in the United States, which um, kind of denotes an attitude of those who uh, believe that they speak for the people to uh, defend the sort of institutions and uh, norms of the people from those who would uh, undermine them. But I mean, this is, I, I personally don't think this is a very helpful uh, term, but it's one that is uh, definitely starting uh, to be heard. And I think it actually, since you mentioned the Germans, I believe it goes back to the Weimar period. I think it was certain sort of um, probably yes. center-left Weimar Democrats who, who perhaps coined this term. Probably, yes. I, I, I'm not a historian of ideas in the proper sense, so you might be right. Um, I think we wanted to ask, we're, we're sadly almost um, out of time, and I think we wanted to ask for just um, some reflections of yours on how some of the themes we've been exploring, the kind of the utopian legacy in uh, Western democracy, let's say, yeah. very, very simply, how uh, you see this um, affecting geopolitical kind of culture or realities, whether you see it affecting them in, in, in the early 21st century. Yeah, well, and not just effect, not just, it's not just about the, the effects on geopolitics, but, because, uh, but it's also the differences, right? So this is, this is what we're talking about here is a, is a very Western, it's a, dominant, it's a dominant imagining in Western liberal democracies. But our very, like other parts of the world are, are not necessarily... Uh, in 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 this script, for instance, the Chinese Communist Party is still very millennialist, where they where they assume that there's the there's the great there's a great future, and the future will be fundamentally better than the present. Even though there's also a sense, a modern sense, that the people have because they're of course they're communists and uh, they're communist parties, so they're influenced by this uh, Western legacy of of popular sovereignty. Exactly. I mean, Marxism is like a you know. Yeah. Very broadly speaking, you know, Western apocalypticism par excellence, right? Yeah. But that has influenced uh, the Chinese. Of course, yes, but it's, I mean, yeah. that's part of the same legacy yeah. that we're discussing yeah. here. Exactly. I so mean, this, I, is, this, I, is, this I, is the German 19th century that we, we have yet to escape. But isn't it weird that the Chinese political uh, discourse or public discourse is so, has still been uh, still under the influence of this kind of a Marxist 
uh, thinking. Well, it's not so weird if you also take into consideration that their that their own traditions in Confucianism had strong millennialist tendencies, where there was the notion, but there was also a notion of a fall. There was the sense that the three perfect dynasties before Confucius can never we can never reach the perfection of those dynasties and the days of the Duke of Zhou, but uh, but we can we can re uh, we, we can try to come close. So that was this kind of uh, sense of, you know, Tolkien, Tolkien writing about the, 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 the days of the elves is, is, is gone. Or a Muslim who would say, well, we can never go back and, 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 and to the caliphate of Muhammad, but we can try to have a good caliphate. So, so there is a sense of, but that was the traditional Chinese, Chinese legacy, uh, Chinese notion. So a fool, but, but also I think, millennialism. I think what we're trying to get at, have what, what we're trying to get at, what you were asking about yeah. is precisely how the, the, legacy of a particular kind of utopianism in the West differentiates it as yeah. a sort of <clears throat> political imaginary <clears throat> from those of these other regions. And so I was hoping you could perhaps conclude with some thoughts on that. Just 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 two things. It seems to it seems to me that the this apocalyptic political thinking or thinking has deep has deeply influenced just not just the contemporary Chinese thing, but also the, the Islam as well, right? Has ever done so? So uh, um, uh, all sorts of terrorist acts has been, have been uh, have been uh, uh, perpetrated by 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 people who thought that it's, we, we just we can we can speed up history and come uh, and and arrive at the at the at the very last battle between. Uh, between God's uh, 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 faithful and the and the and the uh, uh, and the unfaithful or the unbelievers, right? So um, I, I, I'm not I, I don't know that, but it's, it strikes me as 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 as, in, as an interesting point that uh, contemporary uh, political events are to a large extent, not absolutely, but to a great extent, uh, explainable in terms of how the very the various cultures, Chinese, Arabs, uh, uh, cultures. Think of themselves uh, as as parts of his entire so time. Yeah, in, time in a sense, you're saying point. that for different reasons, all of the um, re-emerging blocks yes. seem to believe that we're living in the end times. In a certain, in a certain, in a certain manner of speaking. Yes, yes, that's that's a good, good, good ending point. Yeah, that's that's very, very interesting actually. And just let me let let me tell you a very, very small story at the end. Uh, we have been conducting interviews with uh, with a number of students for the Corvinus University, uh, 18, 19 or year, uh, year um, um, applicants for our program. It's not uh, not not. I'm, I don't want to market and I just advertise it, but just um, to make a context for the, for the story from all parts of the world. Right, Vietnam, Georgia, uh, I don't remember Saudi Arabia, but also Chile. I don't, I don't remember exactly. And two, I'm, I, I asked them questions, right? Like, whom have you read? Uh, what is the what, what what kind of a classic author author you have in mind? But whom who who made an impression on you? So this kind of a, a question. And two names popped up regularly: the names of Marx and Orwell. To to my great astonishment, people from Vietnam to Georgia, from Russia to Saudi Arabia, Pakistan, just know the names of Marx and Orwell. Explain them to, that to me. <laughs> well, to get back to your, to your phrase, where you where you where you I was where you where you, were, uh, where you were a little bit astonished that uh, the Chinese Communist Party ideology 
still has millennialist tendencies in the Marxist tradition, despite the fact, though, that they moderate those tendencies. So they're not going all, they don't put a lot of religious fervor in it where they say, oh, like, if we just go wild and then this, this perfect future is on the horizon. It's going to take a few decades and mm -hmm. the Communist Party needs to convene for 20 more times. But uh, so it's, it's, it's more bureaucratic, their approach, but there's still a sense of a fundamentally better future, even though things really started to turn around when the Communist Party took power in this imagining. But what the difference with the West seems to be mm -hmm. is that we don't really have a sense of the future. We just have a sense of because the present continuing itself forever. Because and we that's already the have arrived in the future, right? Yeah, we're already there. But it's, so that's actually really bleak because then we don't have a golden age in the past and we don't have a fundamentally better future. We just have a an, 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 an burdensome present that extends into eternity. So I had the opposite where you said, well, I'm, I'm a little bit surprised that they're still so Marxist in their millennialism over there in China. But I have the, I have the opposite sense from when I was reading. I was like, can I get out of this, uh, this political theology? This is too bleak. I want a golden eye time in the past and I want something to look forward to in the future. You cannot uh, well, let, let the question be unanswered. <laughs> I mean, I can't can't give you an answer to that. I mean, it's, it's, it's like, it seems to be kind of a personal problem. As well. <laughs> well, I have a lot of personal problems. <laughs> no, I mean, I think the, I think the traditional I think the traditional sort of eschatology of the liberal democracies has both to do with winning over more and more uh, states to our kind of ethos, but also this idea of kind of ever greater, ever more perfect union and ever greater liberation. But I, I, I absolutely agree that this uh, the mood in the liberal democracies that a more perfect union or ever greater liberation is um, actually uh, a delightful uh, utopia. That that mood seems to be waning. That mood seems to be less uh, less present and less convincing now than let's say 30, 30 years ago. Um, well, it's it's a little bit depressing if you're just if the best thing that we can get is the present the present regime is the best that we can ever hope for in, 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 in reality. Yeah, I, you're right, but that, that, that's a problem for non-believers. I personally am a believer, so I, I'm not very much ah. concerned with that. <laughs> but... Ah. Okay, okay. Give, give me this angle. This, is, this sounds interesting. I mean, yeah, but... Yeah. I, mean, I mean, those who believe, Jewish, Christian, whatever, believers, uh, they, might, they might have a very different attitude to, 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 to people who have no other hope but to, uh, to achieve uh, uh, salvation and eternal bliss. In, on, in this world, I've, I've just discovered what my what my personal problem was. But <laughs> thank you, <laughs> uh, Professor Balash. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much. <laughs>